My name is Mary Martin, and I'm a director of an apostolate called Unleash the Gospel at Work. Our mission is to help women and men joyfully live their faith and witness to Christ and the gospel in the workplace. The purpose of Unleash the Gospel at Work Innovation podcast is to invite leaders from around the country to share their story about how they found innovative ways to share their faith in the workplace. Today, we're blessed to have Chuck Gatica with us at our Unleash the Gospel at Work Innovation podcast. Hi, Chuck. Good to see you. Thank you. Yeah, nice yeah. to meet you. Nice, nice to, to meet, meet you. you. Beautiful. So we're excited to get the podcast rolling, but um, the first thing I want to do is just take a minute and um, pray together, just ask the Holy Spirit to mm. come into our presence. Also, just so all of those people who are listening, whether they're in their car or walking along or whatever they're doing as they listen to the podcast, they too can just sort of take a moment and breathe in. Let's uh, just call the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Name of the Father and the Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, thank you. Thank you for this time. Thank you for this just opportunity to lay our lives before you, Lord. We're just so grateful, grateful for every good gift, grateful for the challenges, grateful for the peace. Lord, we uh, call upon your Holy Spirit this day, just ask you to open our minds and open our hearts to all you have to share with us today. I also ask just a a blessing on Chuck as he relates to us all the ways that he's come to know you, Lord, come to serve you more deeply, and just have this joy about sharing life with you with others. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. So I have this very long, lovely um, introduction of edit. you. Make sure you edit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, Chuck is a lifelong learner. Chuck is a communicator. And um, Chuck is warm and authentic and real. And I am so grateful for you being well, here today. Well, if you today. can fool people with that, you know, then you're doing all right. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks for being on today. Um, tell us a little bit about your background. I, I was uh, fascinated by um, learning all about, you know, TV and meteorology, and then moving along in your in your Christian walk, really, mm-hmm. to uh, to uh, help lead in another church, and then now the return to the Catholic faith. So, yeah, tell me a little bit about oh, that journey. It's, it's filled with zigs and zags, which is awesome because you know I think a lot of people can relate to that. If it were all a straight line, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like you know with our retirement plans. We wish it were all straight up, and it's not always that way. Um, I was born and baptized Catholic. I grew up in Chicago, northwest side, so right in the city. And uh, my mom was a lifelong Catholic, her family going back, and my dad had converted early, uh, in maybe early to mid-20s when he was in the Air Force. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was never really um, an attender, didn't really come. There was something that happened in his life with my mom's dad, my grandfather, that I think kept him away from the church. But there's an end to that story as well. So at about age 10 to 12, things began to shift for me. My mom was really the only one taking us to our local mm-hmm, parish. Mm-hmm. And then my favorite uncle, my dad's brother, who lived upstairs with my grandmother because mm-hmm. my grandfather had passed away a couple years earlier, uh, went off to work one day 
at age 39 and bent over to pick up a pencil and never got up again. He died at age 39. Oh, my. This was my let's go make snowball buddies, took me to James Bond movies, got me hooked on. There was a toy store slash magic shop, you know, across the street from the theaters in downtown Mm. Chicago. So he was my buddy. And he was obviously younger. So Mm -hmm. even though Mm -hmm. I was 10 when he passed away, I still related to him. And he was a bit more involved in that active fun part of my life than even my dad who was always working overtime and sure that was a pretty traumatic moment mm. because it happened three weeks before christmas so i know i started asking not is there a god i wasn't questioning is there a god but i was asking well god why like right the question we all tend to ask is well why does why does god do this to good people mm. right mm-hmm. interestingly mm-hmm. enough there's a book written by a rabbi why do bad things happen to good people is what people, well, all of us think the title is. Mm-hmm. It's not why. Actually, the title of the book is When. Ooh. It's just a matter of time where right. something mm-hmm. happens where you fall to your knees, right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind mm-hmm. of what happened to me. So in this phase, t- age 10 to 12, by a matter of attrition, this was a highly impactful event in my dad's life. He withdrew a bit. Mm. I think there was an increase in depression and anxiety. Sure. Mm. Uh, I was questioning, and again, I'm 10 to 12. I don't really have a lot of direction. So I fell away from the church. Mm-hmm. No, Nothing dastardly happened. But then fast forward, I, I'm a teenager pretty quick. I'm off to college. Thought I was going to be a doctor at Loyola. Changed my mind. Went into TV meteorology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Career takes off. I meet my wife. We get married. We, I got to Detroit. I was 24 and a half, and I'm on television in Detroit. Wow. And then I thought, well, I'd only be here a couple of years, and I'm going back home to mm-hmm, Chicago. Mm-hmm. And it turned out it was a life. Basically, I grew up, and I considered Detroit home. Mm-hmm. You know? So 30, 32 years full-time, a couple of years part-time, and doing radio as well. Right. So in that time, my wife, uh, born and baptized a Methodist. Okay. Yep. liturgical type church so mm-hmm. she always mm-hmm. had high regard for the catholic faith but we wound up in methodist churches mm-hmm. and then somewhere later in our life as the kids were growing five kids um the non-denominational church movement was getting traction yeah and yeah. um we asked the kids well where where do you want to go we always would say uh, to be honest, and everybody relates to this, kicking and screaming some days on oh Sunday, my. right? We're trying yes. to get five of them, yeah, five right. personalities yeah. and us, and get the dog put away. And Well, we've, we decided let's ask the kids, well, where, where are your friends where you going? Sure. So we did wind up attending this large non-denominational church, which mm-hmm. over time, I then was able to lead a few efforts, um, and I went back for a master's in mm-hmm. ministry and leadership, and Beautiful. I lived in the Holy Land for a month. Oh as Amen. part of that and uh, that was actually the beginning of a shift for me pers- personally and um, then wound up leaving full-time tv news wow. early in mm-hmm, life mm-hmm, mm-hmm. relatively speaking i was not forced out i was i, could, I think i could have been there until i was 120 they would have just <laughs> brought me out in a wheelbarrow and you know that happens Mary, sometimes to like good coaches and stuff yeah. they just like weekend at bernie's kind of well yeah and you know the funny part was there was nothing wrong with that it's just that i kept thinking like a lot of us there god was knocking on my heart and right. he was saying to me to ask the question, is this it? Is this all there is really? Am I going to do the same thing every year? And it wasn't the same thing every day because the weather changes. So I was blessed there. Uh, and Bernie's a good buddy. And, and so we Great. would have fun, yeah, sure, right? So, sure. uh, but that happened. Mm. So I went on staff at this church. 
um, non-denominational, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, was there for about two years. Right. Wound up leaving there. Thought I was heading back to the Methodist Church. That turned out to be a little bump in the road. Didn't didn't do that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wound up at another church of the Nazarene. Was asked if I could be. Um, uh, an executive director. I said, well, I'll do it for a season. So that was about seven months. Okay. So I was a mm-hmm. named pastor at this non-denom church. Right. There were 15 of us. I mean, yes. it's a big place. It's a very different structure yeah. than You don't have Catholic to be church. ordained. You just no? get appointed, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. they can. Right. And you have the, these gifts. This is what we're looking for to, yeah. you know, make the youth ministry role or whatever they're trying well, to you'll grow. You'll get a kick out of my title. My title was Pastor of um, Innovation. Yes. So, and you know, innovation is awesome. I love innovating because basically that means we can sit here, Mary, and throw clay at the wall and sometimes it sticks and sometimes it doesn't and sometimes something fails. But when you innovate and something works, you're like, yes. That's right. But I always kid people who innovate. It's like, like coaches. What mm-hmm. all they oh the mm, you know innovation is sort of putting your hand under your chin and thinking deeply but who gets the time to do that you know right. on the job so it was a blessing that that was part of it because I tend to think of ideas and then I have to try to foster the team to go do That's something right. which yep. is a delightful place to be mm-hmm. uh, so in this journey while on staff at the big church I start asking questions mm-hmm. a lot of them were like why. Why can you do that thing you're doing? Well, because mm-hmm. we can. Well, who says? It was really questions of authority. Mm-hmm. Well, we say, well, what if the church down the block wants to do something like it, but they want to do it differently? Oh, well, they can. Mm-hmm. Well, who says? Well, they do. There you go. All of a sudden, coming back from the Holy Land and seeing mm-hmm. ancient church, mm-hmm. asking these questions, why, of authority, eventually the lead pastor of the non-denom church looks at me and said, are you becoming Catholic? And I said... Well, wouldn't be become, because I am born and raised Catholic. Right. I don't think so. Uh, and uh, that goes mm-hmm. back maybe seven years. So we can pick up the rest of the story from there. But that's how I got to the precipice wow. of, as Father John Ricardo has said to me, the hound of heaven was after me. Oh, yes. And oh, yes. man, Jesus was not letting go. And no. Things just started to illuminate. Like reading the Bible. We're promised if we read the words, mm-hmm. he will mm-hmm. illumine us. And all of a sudden, I'm light bulbs are going off. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's so beautiful. And you're right. I think all of us, at some point in this season, mm-hmm. we do have that deeper desire, that deeper thirst to to know truth and to understand and and I mean I love our non-denominational friends so I love I. all of our other Christians yeah. I think one of the um, uh, one of our uh, good habits in Unleash the Gospel is the spirit of cooperation so finding others to work together sure. and to, who love Jesus as well because the world needs Jesus and I think there is that deepening that shift mm-hmm. that happens. Especially if you can just get quiet, you know, if you can yeah. just let the Lord penetrate you, if you can, if you can just be open. That's and, a hard thing in today's culture oh. because, I mean, you know, ding, things, bing, uh, the dog barks, uh, something's on Facebook. I mean, we're just so distracted. Mm-hmm. So finding time to pray and think deeply, wow, that's a, that's a new idea. Yeah, yeah. And you can tell when people have come through that yeah. because then you want to tell everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. So one of the things I, I want to ask about, because 
um, the Unleash the Gospel at Work ministry, our organization, really is about finding new, different, innovative ways to share people's faith at work. Mm-hmm. And, and we're in a culture that that's not always promoted or accepted. And so sometimes we leave our faith at the door. You know, it's like, well, I'm going to work. Can't can't talk about Jesus anymore. Can't show up that way. Got to, you know, uh, be normal. So I'm, I just wonder, before you even moved into being a, a pastor and leadership and ministry, mm-hmm. before any of that, how was that? Were there times that you were able to share your your faith? Because, I mean, you were a, a faithful Methodist. I mean, you were part of a congregation. You, mm-hmm. you knew Jesus. So just wondered how well, that, what that looked like. It's interesting because television news is not unlike a lot of businesses and, and jobs that people may have, but it's very public. Mm-hmm. And my job at the time would be to go out with my anchor team what would be called the frontline four anchors, the people who you come to know over and over again. And our job is to go out and win. We're, mm-hmm. like, the, we're like the lions. We're going out to win mm-hmm. today. Right. Every time we're on, five, six, and 11, every show, we're going out to win the ratings, which equal sign means more people are watching us. Mm-hmm. Of those people, there are atheists, Muslims, oh, yeah. Jews, yeah. non-denom, you know, the Catholics, they're Orthodox. Non-believers, people who don't believe in anything. Well, sure. Mm -hmm. My job was to send out a shotgun blast, proverbially, into the world and say, come on in. Now, I think it's a complicated mix of what happens. There's the business side of promotion and marketing and what the set looks like and the legacy of Channel 4, in this case, where I worked most of my life. But there's also the personality and how you're wired and how you are portraying yourself to the public. Mm-hmm. And so I was always reminded of that phrase, uh, preach the gospel, but use words infrequently. Mm-hmm. And that's informed me my entire career because my job was not to point at a weather map or a green screen, which then became a weather map, right. and say, God says it's going to rain tomorrow. I probably wouldn't have had 27 years full time, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But I understood my vocation and I understood management's issues or Mm -hmm. what they could be and yet I could be the light of Christ I could dance a polka with a grandma at an event on a Friday I could be in urban suburban black white rich poor Christian non-Christian settings and still represent the good news of Christ and the reason I know that worked is it's beyond just a few anecdotes. When I left and retired from full-time TV news, I got, in essence, they fall into this category, emails and comments. I always knew there was something different about you, but I couldn't tell what it was. And I thought, oh man, not only is that a high compliment, Mm. that means that something was working without me preaching from the top of a milk Mm -hmm. crate in the middle of campus marshes. You know what I mean? God loves people who are wired that way, but Mm -hmm. it's not me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that I don't want to take the time with a cup of coffee and talk about Jesus or unleash the gospel. Absolutely. But there's an appropriateness to where. So I see why people would say, oh, I've got to leave it at the door. Well, maybe, but maybe not. Maybe the way you treat human persons, maybe the way we were charged to love people, maybe that light can shine because just like our children and grandchildren now for me, they're watching. Oh yeah. And your your coworkers are watching. Are you coming to work with excellence? Because mm-hmm. the bar isn't just open, the bar is high. You're oh, yeah. working for the king, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. all of those things came together for me that gave me an opportunity to be the light 
of Jesus Christ, and then the people who really knew me or who got to know me, certainly the anchor team, people around me at work. Sure. I'm sure I had fails where I'd said something or did something snarky, right? I mean, we're all sinners. But I think in general, people would say, well, he's more than just a good guy. There's a reason. Mm, And I, I, I want to encourage people that sometimes like our faith walk, we all don't have that one moment where we can tell you what time I dropped to my knees and I cried. Mine has been a progressive thing since I was born. <laughs> right. And I think a lot of people relate the same way to this idea that we can preach the gospel, but maybe use words infrequently, sometimes, mm-hmm. not all the time. No, that's yeah. right. And I think that idea of vulnerability, that, mm. that idea that we're not perfect, we're mm-hmm. not totally polished, even though you're on TV, even though you have this life, even though you drive this car, we're not perfect. Mm-hmm. And the people who know that actually can evangelize with their life. They can evangelize in relationships. Mm-hmm. They have a lot more opportunity, right, than just this is perfect and you know, you're not doing it the right way. I, I think all of us have, you know, if you've really sunk down and the Lord's really risen you back up, mm-hmm. it's a truth. It's a truth. And and people know they can trust you because you've been through some dark times, too. You've had some troubles, too, sure. and all of those things. I shared a lot. I, I was probably a little different from most personalities in that I shared when we had kids. Um, I would share. So I would call that vulnerable, but maybe more um, authentic. Mm-hmm. I shared a lot of moments in life that brought families together and you know that was a time and I think it's changed where televisions were in the kitchen the family room the bedroom you went to bed at night with Johnny Carson that was our station so there's the news there's Chuck and there's Johnny Carson well it becomes very intimate Mm -hmm. I become I know this by research I became part of the family another high compliment which means Mm -hmm. we've got a connection Mm -hmm. and so I think that leads to this vulnerability that people say well he's you know, he's out there kissing a grandma and dancing a polka. He must like people. I, I mean, right. you know, yeah, so right. and it wasn't that and I was faking that it. Joy. Yeah, share right. that joy. Share that joy. So did you have other people in your work environment or, or even along the way who um, you worked with mm-hmm. or who were also um, either Christian or had this kind of background or even just... Um, think the same way you do, you think, oh, we should probably do this or let's cooperate this way. So, you know, it isn't that we're always on our own. We're the only person who loves Jesus in our whole sure. building. Were there other people oh, also? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and you know, that happens in the workplace as well. I remember I went through a Mayo Clinic training program to mm-hmm. become a wellness mm-hmm. coach, right? I happen to be in this world of wellness. And uh, I could tell that this it's a secular program, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but yet mm-hmm. of the 40 people in my cohort worldwide, because it was mostly online during COVID, mm-hmm. it was all online, um, people would say at the end of a conversation, a practice coaching session, uh, have a blessed day. God bless you. Well, you know, we know the code language. Yes. <laughs> so when you're at work and you start to get those inputs or when you see something on somebody's desk... To be fair, I think there are major companies, Ford, others that ha- that allow allow mm-hmm. Bible studies. Sure. Uh, get-togethers at lunch. Well, see if that's possible in today's world. Right. And if it is, you don't have to become a troublemaker to make it happen. Just make it happen. Exactly. And, and what I think that does, although it seems on the outside like you're creating your own little club with closed doors, when more people start to witness that that's happening, mm-hmm. they can start to feel more comfortable about their faith 
becoming more evangelistic in their faith, Mm -hmm. talking about Jesus out loud, putting that little something on the desk that they didn't want to put there before. I think um, I would encourage people in the workplace that you can become just like when you go on a diet and you start losing the first five pounds and everybody around you and your family goes, what in the world are you doing because it's working? You've become an influencer. And I think as Catholics, we have a tremendous opportunity to unleash ourselves as we unleash the gospel to become an influencer. Sometimes that means let's go out after work and have a beer and talk. I want to go deep on this. You're having troubles in your life. I'd love to help you out. Or you're just shining the light of Jesus. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Yeah. Either way that you, you know that people can come close. Mm -hmm. And I think that's such a... I really believe that it's a shift in our faith too, especially as Catholics. You know, it was always uh, it's such a, a private. You know, it's me and Jesus, or I go to mass I'm these very days, polite. Or, right? All of those I, I was things. Raised that's to be right. Very polite, Catholic. right? And and humble, <laughs> and all those things. But I think that's true. That's your experience. But we are sent. Mm-hmm. There's no question that we are to influence even that neighbor, even that you know coworker who's crispy. Right? Somebody mm-hmm. who is really difficult, you think, wow, what am I going to do about that? And I'm like, well, you're going to pray for that person. Sure. That's what you're going to do. <laughs> like, that's the number one thing you're going to do. And you'll watch things change. You'll watch you change. You'll watch them change. You'll watch situations change. And as soon as I, I think it's a great compliment when people invite you in, mm-hmm. when they when they say, hey, can you can you help me out with that? Can can we go have yeah. coffee together yeah. or hey what is that you're studying there right all of those things we don't have to say we're right this is how it is. if if you are an influencer you bring people into that sphere in lo- the low hanging fruit right the easy ways that we can we start have to the be patient too because it's in mm-hmm. god's time mm-hmm. i am not that guy i am mr type a like mary i'm going to pray today and god tell me by next tuesday because i've got stuff it. to do right and so what you're saying is such a valuable lesson that when you're praying for people including your kids oh my, right because today's yeah. world you know, uh, and I, ex- I experienced this in my, our own family life, and all of our kids were raised in the chur- a mm-hmm. church. Yeah, yeah. So this is an issue where you pray, and you don't know because there's a drive. There's a drive. Uh, it's kind of like fire insurance, right? We want to make sure that everybody's going to get to mm-hmm. heaven. And That's I think right. for our Protestant brothers and sisters, there's maybe more of a drive that we've got to get it done right now with mm-hmm. a certain prayer, and then it's all set. Mm-hmm. Well, we Catholics have a little different view of that, mm-hmm. that it is a daily thing because we for really sure. are moving through life in that way. But I think what you're saying is is true. Prayer is paramount. And praying for somebody, they don't have to know it. We don't oh, have no. to be Pharisees no. standing That's on right. the corner oh, telling my. them. However, I have mm-hmm. to tell you, at work and outside of work, when I've said to someone after a number of weeks, years of praying, mm-hmm. I just want you to know I pray for you every day by name. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You talk about the weight of... I've seen people's faces change. Mm. Just like, you What? You, right. What? Yeah. You take the time when you do come to the point where you can share that, right. that's a very powerful moment. It could be the entree to the next steps of a conversation, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very evangelistic, but yet it's true. Yeah. But I don't want to share that right away. It's, it's really not. A, it's academic. Really. Yeah. Because then it has more to do about me praying for them yes. rather than God right. right? moving. And whenever we pray, God moves in our own life mm-hmm. and moves in every situation. 
even though we don't see it, even though we want to control it, even though we're, I'm sure it's going to happen this way, God told me, whatever. It's like, just breathe in, breathe yeah. out. And people know you love, that you care, and mm-hmm. you have compassion. And I think of all those stories of Jesus looking at, you know, at the leper, at the, the woman, um, at the widow with pity, right? With love, with yeah. compassion. And I think, I want to be that person, even if they never know. Right. Even if they no one know. may be able to peek in the window That's ever right. on what you've done. That's but right. God knows. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And he, yeah. I think he puts the desire in our hearts to pray. So yeah. I, I absolutely believe that. So tell me a little bit. It, it sounds like you've had just, um, you know, a lot of experiences, a, a rich, deep journey, all those things, living in the Holy Land for a month. What are you most grateful for? Um, well, I'm most grateful for my relationship with God. I'm most grateful for my family life, mm-hmm. right? My wife and I have been married ah, 42 years. We have five God. kids, uh, soon, God willing, seven grandchildren. And uh, it's a great, and, and you know, spouses uh, in there as well. So mm-hmm. Thanksgiving is a big deal. Yes. And, and I'll tell you how big a deal this was for us. We had downsized as part of me moving out of my professional life to a condo. Sure. Nine years, 10 years ago, last May, just about the time I came back to the church, mm-hmm. I said to my wife, Susan, I said, we need a house again. She's like, don't be dumb. We're not moving. I said, no, no, <laughs> That listen, is not going to happen. <laughs> listen, I'm just telling you, we need to have a place where the grandkids have elbow room. And that. Mm. And so we wind up now, Mary. We are on a half acre lot. First thing I got was a used pool table and a bunch of kid stuff. We've got three car seats between two cars. I traded in my SUV for a, a minivan. It feels like 40 years ago again. But you know, I feel great about it oh, yeah. because I've put this at the top of the pinnacle. Mm-hmm. I I have to now, my parents have passed, so have Susan's. Right. Uh, we are the center of Christmas and Thanksgiving and all mm-hmm. things that happen in the family. Right. What a joy. Oh. What a joy. And the ability to then be influencers. Mm-hmm. I, I don't necessarily have to beat you up. Right. There's, a, there's a saying, I'm going to paraphrase it, because you started to mention this a little bit. Um, Ravi Zacharias, who was an apologist, he's passed now. He said something like, why would you ever, uh, how, how do you ever get someone to smell the sweet aroma of Jesus mm-hmm. if you've cut their nose off first? Mm. There's an appropriateness to thinking about that phrase. Now, for some, again, they're wired to go right into it. I right. mean, I'm going to uh, save uh, you now, and I'm going to do it on a street corner in the middle of Detroit. Sure. Most of us aren't wired that way, but I love that phrase because there is a sweet aroma of get once you mm-hmm. catch it. <laughs> so we just have to kind of manage how do we do that in the context of the person we're with, the prayers we're making, right. et cetera. But mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a valuable thing that I think about often. Yeah, that's a beautiful way to think about family as well because um, it's not it's not always easy, you right. know? And, and just like we have had this kind of zigzag path, our kids have it, yeah. our nieces, our nephews, all of them. And, and if we just continue to show up, walk alongside, accompany well, you, know, you never know who's gonna ask the question. I've had nieces, nephews yeah. ask me different, uh, uh, Aunt Mary, what is, uh, what's about the, uh, the rock that moves, the guy who's in there. I don't, like, what's that about? I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) we get to talk about Jesus, yes. But it, you know, just walk alongside in love, right? You just walk alongside, not judging, not cutting off anyone's nose, Mm -hmm. not jumping in, just letting them know. And I think that whole idea of family being safe but supportive, 
sure. can really go a long way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. So if there's one more, um, another question I want to ask you is just about, is there one piece of advice or a nugget of wisdom that you'd want to share with people? Because I believe sometimes, especially in the innovation podcast, there will be young people, you know, maybe people just mm-hmm. starting their families or starting their careers and thinking about the workplace and how they maybe they've come to, uh, you know, a deeper relationship with Christ and the church and and, and they want to do something. They, they want to be an influencer. What's a piece of advice you would tell people as if you were starting out? If you, what would you have wanted to hear? So when we had our first child, our daughter, Tiffany, uh, and then our son, Charlie, my wife made me take parenting classes because kids don't come with directions. So you're talking about young people right now who could be listening as well. So I went and I learned some things. But after the second going, the second went, I said, you know, I, I don't need directions anymore. It'll all work out, right? It's, it's a kingdom. It's, it's me. I'm in charge of everything. So it'll work out. You know, funny joke. So in the parenting classes, I learned about reflective listening. It's great to understand it as a coach. It's super important to understand it as a parent. And in today's culture, with so much division, especially along the lines of social issues, Mm -hmm. my advice to anyone of any age would be not to put, not to take the capital T out of truth, not to diminish your beliefs in what your standards are, and yet be a reflective listener. Mm -hmm. I know you don't, so when someone says, I don't agree with that at all, I think X, X, and X. I know you think X, X, and X, but that doesn't diminish what I believe, but that also doesn't diminish the fact that I still want to be your buddy. Mm -hmm. I think there's a way to take this so it's, you know, debate used to be something called argument. Now arguments are really knock down, drag out. We're just punching people. Mm -hmm. So whether it's politics, social issues, Um, gender issues, whatever it is, I think there's a way to think about what can your response be when it comes up so that you're not diminishing your faith, you're not diminishing what the church teaches, what's in the catechism, what's dogma, what can't change, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but instead of getting up on your haunches right away and say, okay, put up your dukes, let's go, to be able to reflectively listen and say, I understand where you are, or maybe I don't. I don't really understand mm-hmm. it, but just so you know, this is where I stand, but that still doesn't mean we can't be great coworkers or right. good friends mm-hmm. because I love you as a human person. However that comes out, right, mm-hmm. whatever the appropriateness is of that, I think I wish I would have known that more as a young person. But then again, back in the day, I think um, the issues were much more clear. The lines were drawn sure. in a much more traditional way where mm-hmm. now... I keep asking God, why are you shaking up the snow globe of life like this? Something's up, mm-hmm. right? I think the church is becoming a remnant. I think there are persecutions sure. happening. So there's yeah. so much we see. And yet, again, I'm referencing my friend, Father John Ricardo. We are made for this moment. We weren't That's born right. mm-hmm. 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. We're not born 50 years from now. We're in it right now. So how do we do that as Catholics? How do we right. walk through that? And how do we unleash the gospel? And for me... We've got two dogs. One is the delightful four-year-old Labradoodle. I, if I unleash her, I, I, I'm hoping her puppy energy is gone, <laughs> but she's only got off and high. So, ah, ah, ah. Um, I, I not only pray about unleashing the gospel, I want God to unleash me, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. And, and it may not be comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I, to be fair, I've not been 
put in places that are too uncomfortable, but I kind of pray that now. God, put me in a place that maybe I think I know my gifting and what I can do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe put me in a place I'm not too comfortable. So he's pushing. And right. it's interesting. Sure. It's actually yeah. happening right now in some training I'm in. That's great. But it's, uh, it's a wonderful place to be. But that, that's how I would encourage mm-hmm. people. Reflectively listen. Listen to what they say. Reflect right. it back. And then that still doesn't mean you can't state your position. That's or, right. or not back. You don't have to back down your, from your position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I think that's great advice. Great for all of us, really, to be able to hold the space mm-hmm. when we're having a conversation, when we're having... Um, uh, coffee with someone and not jump ahead to the judging. Just listen. Or Just, the mansplaining. Right. Yeah, because Whatever I'm a, I'm a yeah. learner. I'm a type A guy. I, 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 I've learned all this stuff, Mary, and I just want to tell you. I want to tell you. I just want to tell you why you shouldn't sit so much because it's the new smoking. But people just, don't, you know, just go take me for a walk. That's that would right. be better if I did that. That's right. They can go right to your website. I saw it all there. I know it now. Oh, so fun. Well, thank you so much. Um, before we end this innovation podcast, just a quick reminder to our listeners that you can find tools, stories, and resources on our website, utgatwork.org, to help you share your faith in the workplace. You can also sign up to receive our podcasts and follow us on social media. And uh, Chuck, I want to thank you for just your words of wisdom, your innovation, your authenticity. Really appreciated uh, so much of that. And, And the idea that no matter where we are, we can be influencers of Jesus, right? No we question. take that with us. No we take question. that with us. Beautiful. Yeah. So before we end, I'm just going to ask you if you can uh, close our session today with oh, prayer. Would love that. Thank, thank you. Thank you. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Father God, Jesus, thank you for being in our life. Uh, we ask that you send your Holy Spirit uh, to not only walk with us as a comforter, uh, what the church would call exhortation, literally picturing you. God, with your arm around us, whatever the trials and tribulations are, however we're trying to navigate this world of work and just the world in general of dealing with our families and children, encourage us, be with us, and give us the, uh, the breath every single day as you did today to continue to shine the light of Jesus everywhere we go, with words or without, and to help us all, Father God, unleash the gospel, unleash ourselves to the world that is in such desperate need of your good news. Thanks for all you do for us every day, and thanks for Mary and the team and Ron in this podcast. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank yeah. you for the opportunity. Sure thing. Good, good, good. Be sure to visit us at utgatwork.org. Listen to our podcast and follow us on social media. Hope you can join us for the next Unleash the Gospel at Work Innovation podcast. Our Lady of Victory. Pray for us.